From Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes. We break down the big political news affecting Wisconsin. I'm Chuck Quirmbach, filling in for Mayan Silver, speaking with J.R. Ross, editor of WISPolitics.com. Here's our latest conversation. Well, hi, J.R. Welcome to a special day-after-inauguration edition of Capital Notes. Hey, thanks for having me. So Tuesday, there was a lot of talk of unity at the state capitol, Governor Evers and Republican leaders of the legislature. Uh, is it real? Uh, an excellent question. Evers, in his speech, kind of looked ahead after looking back. And when he looked back, he talked about why he won in his mind. The people basically agreed with him. They turned away from this kind of divisiveness and kind of hinting at these people who want to you know, overturn election results or all kinds of things that they embraced the vision he had, and that they voted for him because he wants to do things like fully fund schools, like expand Medicaid through the Affordable Care Act. Like, basically, his agenda is what people really bought into. And he called for everybody to work together on those things, but he also dismissed, you know, doing tax breaks for millionaires and billionaires. Um, Also called on work to overturn the state's uh, 1849 ban on abortion, which, you know, Republican lawmakers have talked about how they want to cut the top tax rate in Wisconsin, it's right now 7.65%. Um, that would benefit those who are better off. It kicks in for people making around $370,000 as married uh, joint filers. So that's not something he's interested in. But you know, Republicans are. They want to push a, top, a tax cut for the top bracket. They say it hurts their competitiveness, especially for businesses, small businesses, that file their taxes as individual income taxes. Republicans have also talked about, you know, uh, Robin Voss said maybe we should add exceptions for rape and incest to the state's abortion ban, but he's expressed no interest in overturning it. And Devin Lemahieu, a Senate Majority Leader, said he's got no interest really or is skeptical of taking up any bill that would add exceptions because Evers said he was going to veto it. So, you know, even though it's a day of celebration and everybody's kind of getting off on a, a fresh start, I mean, even Lemahieu said he met with Evers first time in a long time, so that was a good thing, but there are still a number of deep partisan divisions in the Capitol that aren't going to change just because they had a nice day of speeches and celebration of a new term. In watching on Wisconsin Eye, Senator Lemahieu of Oostburg and Republican Assembly Speaker Voss neither mentioned the abortion issue in their remarks to their chambers. Yeah, I mean, the abortion issue is a challenge for Republicans because it was on the ballot this past fall, and obviously um, Evers ran on it and he won. There are a lot of nuances that are often lost in the abortion debate. You know, if you look at the Marquette polling closely and other polling, you know, it's not like Wisconsinites are overwhelmingly in favor of abortion, no restrictions. You know, if you look at the numbers and kind of start breaking down, there would be limits that people would support, you know, more than half the voters in Wisconsin. But for Republicans, there's a split in their caucus about whether they want to add any exceptions. For a number of members, the ban as is reflects their beliefs. So it might be a challenge to add exceptions, exceptions for rape and incest are like 80 and 90% issues in the polling that we've seen. Without addressing that, they're going to keep getting beat up on it in elections. It's going to be on the ballot this spring, the state Supreme Court race, um, the special election, 8th Senate District, and it'll probably come back up in 2024 if nothing changes in how we uh, regulate abortion in Wisconsin compared to right now. One more on Inauguration Day. Some images will stand out. Secretary of State Doug LaFollette being sworn in again. A female, not the first female, but a female lieutenant governor again, uh, and that all of these statewide constitutional officers are Caucasian. 
Any other images that came to your mind uh, after watching? It's worth noting that we've had four women serve as lieutenant governor in Wisconsin, I believe. First, Margaret Farrow, then Barbara Lawton, then Rebecca Clayfish, and now Sarah Rodriguez. All four have served in the last 22 years. In 2001, after Tommy Thompson went off to be uh, Secretary of Health and Human Services in D.C., and Scott McCallum became governor. And over that 22-year period, all but one of our lieutenant governors have been women. <laughs> so it's kind of an interesting change in how that office has been represented in the last two decades. Okay, well, um, let's get out the crystal ball for the rest of 2023 and go into a little more depth on some things we've already mentioned. It appears uh, a key issue for at least six or seven months, if not longer, will be the state budget. Anything you want to add to the chances of a prolonged fight? Well, there's money to spend. The question is, how is it going to be spent? Will they agree on priorities, or are we going to get into a prolonged budget standoff? One thing I'm watching is what Republicans do for funding education. You know, is there like an actual deal cut between Evers and lawmakers before they send him the budget in late June, early July, something like that, if they do it by normal, normal time periods? Is there no deal cut? They pass a budget they want to and send it to Evers and dare him to veto it? In talking to people about how the governor's going to approach this budget, I've been told by a number of Democrats that Governor Evers' main priority is protecting kids. He will not do anything with that budget. He thinks it will hurt kids, which is hurting K-12 education. Um, if there's a prolonged budget standoff, you could get in a situation where schools miss some aid payments from the state or you know, they're not sure what's going to go on. Uncertainty is not a great thing when you're a school district. Evers, though, has a couple hundred million dollars or so federal COVID money that has not been allocated. Now, not all that's been spent, the federal government sent quite a bit to Wisconsin, but most has been allocated. Uh, there's a, like I said, a couple of million dollars that's not really kind of reserved except for future expenses. I bring that up only because it could give Evers a cushion to help schools if there's a prolonged standoff. I'm not saying he wants to do that, he's planning on it, or that there's even like a kind of like that's the grand design. I've had Republicans argue to me that a standoff would be bad for them because, you know, Evers just got reelected uh, by, you know, a healthy margin that a lot of ways going to push things like increased funding for education are popular. So if the fight is about school funding and Republicans won't stand in the way, it might not be great for them politically. Okay, well, schedule your summer vacation uh, carefully, uh, depending on how things go. Meantime, though, uh, we've got a state Supreme Court race this spring and a tip of the cap with politics having all four of the candidates on Monday, January 9th for a question and answer session. How'd you do that? Uh, we're, we asked nicely. So, I mean, this is, it's going to be a first chance for all four of them to kind of be in a room and be asked questions. They've got to get out there and get attention. They have to get up there and put their name out there. Um, they've got to raise money. They've got to raise a profile. So this is a chance for them to kind of continue those efforts. And, you know, two people want to hear from them. They want to hear where they're at on things. Now, Asking questions in a Supreme Court form are always it's a little tricky because they will not talk about things that could come before the court. Uh, but we'll try our best to try and get them to open about where they are philosophically about things and what you might expect from them if they become a justice in the state Supreme Court. And as we were talking about money uh, a few minutes ago, uh, there's going to be a lot of money in that contest, is there not? Oh, I, I expect to be the most expensive Supreme Court race in Wisconsin history because what's at stake? If a progressive liberal or liberal you want to use wins that race in April, it flips control of the court in late summer. That makes the chances of Josh Call's 
challenge the state's abortion ban, but it makes a better chance it's going to, you know, will be successful. Um, it would open the door to Democrats challenging the maps currently in place for the Assembly and the Senate to argue that they are a illegal partisan gerrymander. Now, I'm not saying that that's anyone in the state constitution, but you can raise that argument and have a better chance of winning it with a liberal-leaning Supreme Court. Uh, it might embolden Evers if there's a progressive court because he may feel like, hey, I can take more aggressive executive actions with this Republican-controlled legislature sitting in my way with that kind of court, whereas, you know, with a conservative court, see, sometimes when it came to COVID things, uh, didn't want to try and push the envelope more than he did because he worried about setting precedent that could hurt future governors. So there's uh, all kinds of issues like that. Likewise, for conservatives, the race could be about maintaining things like Act 10, Scott Walker's signature achievement of reining in collective bargaining powers, Republican employees, you know, all kinds of things that the business community cares about. PFAS regulation. I mean, you can go on on the list of what you could see go away. Don't forget about election procedures. Uh, we've gotten to the point now that the Elections Commission, uh, which is split evenly between partisan appointees, is not always the best functioning body in state government. Republicans have found it more attractive to take their issues to Waukesha County Court, you know, lawsuit and circuit court there, than have it go to the Supreme Court, and they're okay. I mean, they got drop boxes for example, banned in Wisconsin uh, last year because of a lawsuit like that. So, you know, if the court changes, it also would impact the 2024 presidential election, possibly, when it comes to things like how the election's administered. One more topic, uh, at least uh, sort of set in stone, is there's going to be a battle in the 8th state Senate district seat to replace retired Republican Alberta Darling. Uh, what's the latest on that? Uh, the big shakeup was that Randy Hopper, who's a former state senator from Fond du Lac, who's relocated to Milwaukee suburbs, that he dropped out of the race. In his statement, kind of over the holidays, he said he, he didn't want to allow a divisive candidate to get through. He feared playing the spoiler. Now, he didn't name names in that statement, but he was obviously talking about Janelle Branchin, a Republican member of the state assembly, who used to be chair of the campaign's elections committee in the assembly. Uh, Robin Voss, the speaker, pulled her from that position. Um, he said a lot of not been very happy with her lately about a number of things, and she has kind of run afoul of the caucus. Um, she's somebody who's really pushed a lot of conspiracy theories about 2020 election. Uh, Donald Trump's a big fan of hers, and the Republicans who fear that if she gets to the primary, that she would make that seat more in play and possibly even lose it come April. Now, it's a Republican seat in a normal year. I mean, it's Ron Johnson got about 54% of the vote there. If you look at the matchup between him and Mandela Barnes, the Senate race and the governor's race, though, Tim Michael's got 51.5%. And it tells you that there's, you know, some voters who are open to Democrats who might swing. And if low turnout race, not a normal environment, it could really open the door to Democrats having a shot to win a seat. Final question, a wild card. Names like Ron Johnson and Donald Trump come to my mind. Any other ones you want to add? Oh, wild cards. Well, capital's full, though, sometime. Um, I guess the wild card I'm watching really is, are we going to see true compromise? Or are we really going to see Evers... Lemahieu and Voss sit down and have, like, give and take. The governor's style has been, the public is with me. I'm going to propose these provisions in my state budget. I'm going to call these special sessions to pressure lawmakers and rely on the public to pressure them to do what I think is right. It hasn't worked so far. So will Evers try to actually use the bully pulpit more, um, try their tactics? Will he try to work with lawmakers to get stuff done? Because now we're in a second term there's a question of his legacy. 
what's it going to be? Is it Wisconsin playing goalie and being on defense? Or is he going to try and find some ways to really get things done that he wants to get done in the second term? Well, WWM will look forward to your observations, JR, throughout the year. Thanks very much. Hey, always appreciate you having me. Thanks. That was J.R. Ross of Wispolitics.com speaking with me, WUWM's Chuck Quirmbach. Listen for our segments every Monday and check out the Capital Notes podcast wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>